Hi everyone, and I'm sorry if you've got a bit of a sinking feeling like I have. Anyway, I'm sure you'll get the message that we're, we're, what we're trying to say this morning. So we're talking this morning, and uh, Advent, as you probably know, the word comes from a Latin word, which means coming. And it's a time of preparation for the coming of Jesus. Uh, Christmas is coming soon. Are you ready? You like me, you put we put up our decorations up a little bit earlier than normal this year, just because it's a, an unusual year, isn't it? But are you ready spiritually as well as physically? You know, Advent traditionally starts on the fourth Sunday before Christmas. So today is actually the second Sunday in Advent. Uh, one tradition that they have, it, especially in Germany, is to have a wreath in the house with four candles on it. And with each candle lit, uh, in turn each week and the family gather around the lighting and uh, they share stolen with each other and they sing carols i think i could get used to it especially the the eating of the stolen in some churches in this country they have five candles on their wreaths uh, the, with each one signifying something different so the first candle they light it signifies the uh, the patriarchs that's abraham who first uh, uh, announced the coming of the lord many 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 centuries ago then the prophets like Isaiah who confirmed the message. Then the third one is John the Baptist who announced the coming of Jesus. And the fourth candle is, is about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And then the fifth candle they light actually on Christmas Day, uh, which obviously signifies the coming of Jesus. And interestingly, I don't know if you know this, but, but Advent used to be a bit like Lent. It used to be a time of fasting. How times change. In our commercial world, of course, Advent is nearly packed into the first 14 days of the 24 days of December. And the tradition is the calendar. Now, when I was young, you either had a calendar with traditional Christian themes or you had ones with little tiny little chocolates in them. Uh, hardly anything at all. Uh, but now there's loads of choice. If you want chocolate, try the Hotel Chocolate Grand Calendar. Only £68 to you, sir. Or if alcohol takes your fancy, you can try the gin vent calendar. 24 little samples, uh, £120. Or you can get all sorts of beauty product calendars. Of course, I haven't got one of those. My, no one's bought me one of those. But uh, for the kids, there's the Lego City calendar. It's a snipper, £20. But in the Christian sense, the idea of Advent is about waiting. Amy was talking about waiting. Waiting for the coming of Jesus, preparing ourselves for his arrival. Now, the idea of patient, expectant waiting isn't always at the top of our list of Christian virtues. It's tempting to want everything that God has to give and to want it now. But, you know, God is patient. He's never in a hurry, as if he might miss something if he didn't rush. He prepares well. He prepared for the coming of Jesus right from the beginning, Ready for his coming, says the book of Galatians, when the set time had fully come, God sent forth his son. Just imagine what it would be like to have your birth announced, not in a newspaper as some are, you know, like born to Lord and Lady Smith, the son weighing seven pounds, six ounces. But announced hundreds of years before you were even a gleam in your mother's eye. You know, right back in the Garden of Eden, it was announced that one day Jesus would come. When God speaks to the servant and says that from the offspring of Eve would come someone who would crush the serpent's head. Then Isaiah prophesying 600 years before Jesus 
foresaw that he would be born of a virgin when he said, the virgin will conceive and bear a son. Micah the prophet foresaw that he would be born in Bethlehem when he said, out of you, that is out of Bethlehem, will come one who will be the ruler of Israel. Then Isaiah again predicted that, that Jesus would be a descendant of David when he said this. is a famous verses, these, I'm sure you know them. But he said, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will lie upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time forth and forever. And these are only some of the prophecies spoken about the coming of the Messiah, and there are many others that speak about his life, his death, and his resurrection. Now, in the days when Jesus was born, there was a certain amount of messianic fever. The nation of Israel was occupied by the Romans, and the Jews wanted someone to come and lead them and kick the occupying forces out. But of course, it's one thing to wait patiently for what you know is going to happen, like waiting patiently at the bus stop for the 934 to Stevenage, which should be coming. But it's another thing to wait for something to come, like a bus to come, but you don't know where it's, when it's going to arrive, and you don't know whether it's going to go to the destination you want it to go to. In Jesus' day, there were other messianic types of people who arose, promising much but achieving little. And some people followed them only to be disappointed. For impatience for something to happen often leads us to make bad decisions. How often have we heard the phrase, for goodness sake, do something? And the trouble is that when we do something, we want to do the wrong thing. You know, the last of the prophets of the Old Testament who spoke about the coming of Jesus spoke 400 years before he came. Imagine what it must have been like to wait for all those years. You know, my lifespan seems so important to me, but compared to the ages of time, it's like a mist that is there at dawn, but is soon burned away. It must have been tempting to choose the wrong option out of frustration. But when all the signs were pointing in the right direction, at the set time, if you had eyes to see, this was the moment. And this was the saviour of the world. So it's not difficult for us to wait. So Advent is only a few weeks and we know that Christmas is going to come and it's going to come soon on December the 25th. But what would it be like if we didn't know what day it was going to be? Where would we put up the decorations? When would we send the cards? What presents would we buy? Now, the Bible speaks of another advent, a second coming, when Jesus will return to wrap up this age and usher in the age to come. This time he will not come as a helpless baby, but as a conquering king. Jesus spoke about this reality many times. It was always accompanied by the injunction that we needed to be ready because we didn't know the day when it would happen. Sadly, there have been Christian leaders over the ages who reckoned that they did know the day and they did know the time and they got their followers ready. You may not have heard of a guy called William Miller, but in 1844, 
he pronounced that Jesus was going to return on October the 22nd. And as the days approached, apparently a few days before uh, October 22nd, there was a comet that was visible uh, at noontime in the sky. And everybody sort of was encouraged to believe that he got it right. So they all sold their possessions. There's some heartbreaking things of people who actually you know, sold all their livelihoods because they said, well, you know, it won't be any use to anybody else afterwards. Then they all put on white ascension gowns. And many of them climbed a particular mountain in that bit of America where this guy lived. Uh, some of them just climbed to the top of the trees, nearest trees, if they couldn't get to the top of the mountains, uh, in order to be there when Jesus returned. Well, of course, he didn't come. And instead of being the, the, a great day, it was called the Great Disappointment Day. You know, that we're in a day when we know that Jesus will return. But it could be today. It could be next year. It could be in a thousand years. We don't know when. But Jesus in his parables often predicted that there would be those who would not be ready when he returned. So my question to you today is, are you ready? Are you patiently but expectingly waiting? You know, in the first days after Jesus went back to heaven, there were those who were lazy and said, well, Jesus is likely to come back very soon, so we won't bother to work or plan for anything. What's the point? So the Apostle Paul had to gently rebuke them and said that if a man will not work, then neither shall he eat. Since Jesus could come back tomorrow or come back in a thousand years, we need to be prepared for both eventualities. So we carry on with our daily lives. But we have our spiritual bags packed in case it is time to go. So are you ready? Jesus told us in several parables what it meant to be ready. If you turn to the Gospel of Matthew and you look at chapters 24 and 25, Jesus paints some verbal pictures. He says, that he will return at an hour when we don't expect him. Two men we walk in, working in a field, one will be taken and the other one left. Are you ready? Then he gave us several instructions and he formed these in the form of parables, little stories, little word pictures that helped us to get the idea. And there are five different parables that he, he showed. And in the first one, he says that we should be watching. Because he gave the illustration that if the owner of the house had known at what time the thief would come, he would not have let his house be broken into. So although we don't know the day or the hour, Jesus advises us to look for the signs. Now, it's too big a subject to go into detail here. But there are signs that have been fulfilled that show us that Jesus' coming is closer. For example, Jesus foretold that the Jews would possess Jerusalem again in the last days. And in 1948, that came to pass after 1900 years when there had been no place or nation called Israel and Jerusalem had been ruled by many occupying powers. Then Jerusalem again was trodden down by the Jews and was ruled by the Jews for the first time. We are in the end times. Key watch. 
but just be careful not to go for everything that anyone says is a sign, like the followers of, of William Miller. I always remember when I was just first a Christian, I, I read this book by a very uh, well-meaning lady, uh, and she uh, had got it into her mind that the President Nasser, who was at that time president of, of um, Egypt, he was the Antichrist. And uh, there were several reasons for that, that she got this because he'd made friends with Israel for the first time. And that was one of the signs that the Antichrist would bring. And, and in order to show uh, how uh, one of the signs that she thought, she showed a picture of his own yacht sailing down the Suez Canal. And you'll never guess what number it had on the, uh, on the side of the boat. Six, six, six. <laughs> Trouble is, she took two and two and made five because she was wrong. If you have a theory about the, about the coming of the Lord again, hold it lightly. But watch. But watch. Jesus said to his disciples, to his followers, he said, some of, these, some of you can look at the weather and determine the seasons, but you can't determine the signs of the times. So are you watching? Are you ready? The coming of Jesus is probably not too far. Then we should be in the second parable. He said we should be behaving. He spoke of a servant whose master had gone away for a long time. And the servant thought that the master had delayed his return. So he began to mistreat his fellow servants and eat and drink with drunkards. So Jesus instructs us to live good, holy, upright lives so that we won't be ashamed of being caught doing something wrong when Jesus suddenly returns. So examine your life. Are you doing something that you'd be ashamed of if Jesus suddenly turned up? Can I ask you this morning, please get rid of it from your life. Share it with somebody you can trust and know to, to be a support to you as you seek to overcome whatever it is. Do you know, because Jesus promised that if he found the servant doing well, he would put him in charge of all his possesses. So I say to you, are you ready? Then the third thing that Jesus said is that we should be filled. He spoke of ten virgin bridesmaids, five were wise and five were foolish. They had the responsibility of preparing the bride to meet the groom. And he suddenly appeared at midnight. Five of them had plenty of oil for their lamps, but five had none. And by the time they had gone out to buy some, the wedding had begun and they were shut out. But the oil here speaks of the Holy Spirit. And we can be filled with the Holy Spirit now, today ready for the coming of the Lord. So my saying to you today, are you filled? Because being filled is part of having your spiritual bags packed so that you're ready for the coming of the Lord, whenever that will be. And then he spoke two more parables. In the fourth parable altogether, Jesus spoke of using our talents. You'll remember the illustration of the man who had five talents, who earned five more, the one who had two talents and earned two more, and the one who had one talent and buried it in the ground. And Jesus says to us, if we're to have our spiritual bags packed, that means that whatever God's gifting to us is, 
that we use that to the best of our ability whilst we are waiting. And that we don't bury those talents. We don't hide them. We don't say there's no point. There's no need. We use them well so that when the master comes, he will reward us for the way that we've used the talents that he's given us. And then in the fifth parable, famous parable of the sheep and the goats, where you'll know that, that uh, Jesus uh, rewards the sheep and he speaks against the goats and, and the sheep uh, are rewarded because what did they do? They helped the poor. They visited those in prison. They helped the sick. And so the, 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 and the, and the goats didn't do any of those things. And so one of the ways in which we can have our spiritual bags packed is to be doing those things, to be helping the poor, like many of you have done with, with, with the gifting this Christmas as we've been able to, to help and meet uh, the needs. You know, we're going to be giving 150 hampers, working with other organisations through the town, 150 hampers or different vouchers work it worth lots of money so that people can have a really good Christmas. People who are without jobs or really poor, uh, and there are lots of people that like that in our area. Are you helping the people like that? Is it, are your bags packed? Are you ready? Are you helping the poor? So there were five things. Are you watching? Are you behaving? Are you being filled? Are you using your talents? Are you serving the poor? Because that day when Jesus comes back, C.S. Lewis said this, he says, that day will not be the day for choosing sides. It will reveal the side we've been on all the time, whether we realised it or not. Are you ready? So prepare well for Christmas. We know the date. We're crazy if we haven't got the food in for the Christmas dinner. And always remember what we're celebrating, the birth of Jesus, the saviour of the world. But keep your eyes open. Jesus may be coming again someday soon. Are you ready? And the best way, the first way, the most important way, actually, which, isn't in what, which is not quite spoken of in those five parables, but is implicit in all of them, is to respond to Jesus today, to invite him into your life to be Lord and Saviour. Have you ever done that? Because that's what Jesus will ask you on that day. He says, am I your Lord? Am I your Saviour? What will you say to him? And the day to answer that is not then. The day to answer that is now. And can, will you respond to the love that he shows? Will he respond to his compassion for you? Will he respond to the fact that he came from heaven to earth? to pay the price for all the things you've ever done wrong. Will you give in? Not give in, actually. Will you surrender? Will you respond today to the love of Jesus, the one who gave his life for you? And I want just to lead you in a prayer today. I want to lead you first in a prayer. If you've never, ever given your life to Jesus, I want to ask you to follow that prayer with me today. And then for all of us, have we got our spiritual bags packed? Are we doing those five things that Jesus asked us to do? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I want to surrender my life to you today. Lord, I want to follow you because I know you love me. I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. 
Sorry I've ignored you. Lord, help me in every part of my life as I give myself to you today. And then for all of us, Lord, help us to watch. Lord, help us to behave. Lord, may we be filled. Lord, may we use our talents. And Lord, may we help the poor and needy. In Jesus' name, amen.